This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the Decisive Battles of World History. For this limited time 80% offer, please go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Here from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith, who's also been in Lebanon, of all places, Lee. And i got to tell you, when I saw the headline, The End of Hezbollah, I was thinking to myself, there's no way. What the heck did you see? Uh, well, first of all, it's nice to be with you, as always. Um, yeah, I was in uh, Lebanon. I got back uh, over the weekend. I was there for a little more than a week. Uh, I was in the south of Lebanon, which is the uh, Lebanon's Shia heartland. Uh, yes, there are a lot of people who are extremely concerned about the organization's commitment to the war in Syria, and they believe that this is hurting uh, hurting both the Shia community and uh, hurting Hezbollah. And hurting Hezbollah is a very good thing, uh, though I'm sorry that this is hurting the Shia community and various friends in the community in Lebanon. Hope, however, that with, uh, with Hezbollah perhaps soon to be on the ropes, that this will be a good thing for the Shia community. But yeah, I mean they're 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 way overextended in the Syrian conflict. Um, so while some of their some of their troops are now uh, combat-hardened expeditionary force, there uh, there's a lot of death in Syria. And driving through the south and seeing various pennants, flags, and posters commemorating the latest crop of marked uh, of martyrs or the cuvee of Syria, as my friend uh, Lukman Flynn called it in the piece, it's. it's Again, both depressing, these are the human toll it's taken on this community, but also uh, a hopeful sign that this may mean that this organization is uh, reaching its end and the community will eventually reject reject Hezbollah. Well, let me ask some simplistic uh, questions. And when it comes to American yeah, sim- simpletonism, I kind of own that market. So uh, <laughs> from, all of us, from yeah. over here in the U.S., we're told it's kind of Sunni versus Shia, and Shia is all this one big Shia thing. And uh, therefore, it, uh, uh, Iran equals Shia equals Hezbollah equals mm-hmm. Shia equals they're all on one team and they're all uh, supported uh, mindlessly, if you will, by uh, Shiite Muslims in the region. Is that not quite the way it is on the ground, Lee? That's certainly a large part of it. That, that certainly does exist. There's a very large regional conflict, including both Iraq and Syria now, and Lebanon as well. Uh, Sunni and Shia are, are facing off throughout the region. Um, but it is a little more complicated insofar as it's also useful to keep in mind how, for instance, the Iranians see this, right? The Iranians have penetrated and infiltrated a lot of Sunni, uh, a lot of Sunni outfits, a lot of Sunni jihadi groups to pursue uh, pursue their own strategic interests, right? And this is what the Syrian regime did as well. I mean, we know we have evidence right now that the Syrian regime played both a role in the formation of Al Qaeda in Iraq, uh, which was the forerunner of ISIS, and they've had a role in the formation and uh, fortification of ISIS. So, again, we have to be careful while it, while it is 
helpful to see the larger picture in those terms of Sunni versus Shiites. I, I, I warn about it uh, getting too schematic. Again, it's important to see that Iran is looking, uh, Iran looks in terms of its strategic interests, and many times it will use sectarian, the sectarian conflict, to advance those interests. But Iran also sees other things on the game board as well, so it's very important for us to keep these things in mind when we're describing the Iranian project throughout the Middle East. Okay, so then describe for me the Syrian game board uh, and what you saw regarding Hezbollah's place in it, because once again over here, there's the Syrian dictator nobody likes, and the Alawite Muslims, very small group. The uh, you've got uh, I, the ISIS-ish fighters. Right. You've got the Hezbollah-ish right. fighters. Are there other fight? And then supposedly somewhere in there are some moderates that I hear were training and arming, or we were going to train well, and arm. Tell me about the board, the way it looks yeah, on the ground there, in there, Syria. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that uh, your your excellent question has raised here. Um, well, look, I mean the Obama administration has been saying now for for over three years that we're going to uh, help train rebels and we're going to arm different rebels that are more or less moderate, we're going to train and arm them. And this has been uh, this has been false from day one. I mean, the administration has never reached out to help uh, to help these figures or the, the amount of help is, is, is really just sort of token assistance. Um, and it's just meant to deflect, for the large part, domestic criticism of the administration, but also there's a fair amount of international criticism as well coming from our partners, especially in the Gulf, but also in Europe, where people are very disappointed that we're, do we're doing nothing to bring down Bashar al-Assad. Okay, now um, let me stop you right there, because I, I guess the, the part of the, the second piece of that question is, is there, in fact, some group that either from a pure American interest standpoint or from a principled democratic standpoint that we would yeah, want my, to back my, in that, Syria? That, that, the primary strategic interest of the United States is one thing and one thing alone in the Middle East, and that is to push back against the Iranian project. So this is actually very simple and very schematic. When people try to say, oh, you know, as the administration has done, and as various critics have done, that, oh, there's no good guys there, or these ISIS guys, or these Sunni jihadis, they're a problem, they're bad guys. I'm not defending them. There are a lot of bad actors in Syria. There are definitely also moderate figures in Syria as well. The administration has pushed back on again and continues to insult, continues to run down. The administration says there are no moderate figures there. They're all bad guys. And yet the president has repeatedly said, oh, we knew from the beginning that a bunch of dentists and farmers and carpenters had no chance of winning, which meant the president has recognized that there are moderate groups there. He just refuses to back them. So the reason that the extremist groups are at it is because the United States decided to sit this one out. Nonetheless, the primary interest of the United States, as I said before, is one thing and one thing alone, and that's to set back the Islamic Republic of Iran in Syria. Right now, Syria, the Syrian regime, is a subset of the Iranian regime. It's an Iranian regime running Syria. So whenever the president and his colleagues in the administration, his aides in the administration, and other people, other critics go on and on, that have complicated this, what a mess it is, no, it's quite simple. The problem the United States has is with Iran, which is marching toward a nuclear weapon. This is the issue. When someone can tell me that ISIS has a nuclear weapon or Nusra has a nuclear weapon, then I'll say, well, you know what? There's something to that. If these guys are marching towards a nuclear weapons program, that's a big issue. Until that happens, there's one problem for the United States in the Middle East, 
and that's the Islamic Republic of Iran right. and its allies. And, and do I understand correctly that Hezbollah may end up being kind of an ancillary casualty of the Iranian project because of the pressure it's putting on Hezbollah versus Hezbollah's original mission? Um, what well, its original mission was always just one thing: it was to serve the, it was to serve Iran. I mean, that, that's all it's supposed to do. And this is becoming more and more clear to its various supporters in Lebanon. I mean, look, the idea that it was a resistance outfit was nonsense. I mean, this was this was an interesting piece of, uh, of of marketing, but this was never the case. I mean, it was always there to serve Iranian interests. And this is becoming only more and more evident now as we see Hezbollah getting depleted fighting in Syria. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, that's a, again, it's a problem for Hezbollah, but it, it, it's, its real mission has never changed. It's an extension of the Islamic Revolution. It's the most successful extension of the Islamic Revolution. The one thing Hezbollah really has to worry for, uh, its officials and the ideologues is that when the Iranians brag now about controlling four Arab capitals, Beirut, uh, Damascus, Baghdad, and Sana'a, it's like, does that mean that Hezbollah uh, has to share the attention and the affection as well as the money and support of the Islamic Republic. That's a concern for them, certainly. But how do people in Lebanon feel about people in uh, Tehran saying, hey, your capital is one of ours now? Well, again, I mean, I think that I think it's, it's taken people a long time to figure this out. The opponents of Hezbollah in Lebanon, of course, have known this for a long time, and they've been very upset about this for so whether it's 30 years or whether it's 10 years, um, you know, they've known about this and they've been upset about this for for a while. Hezbollah, I mean, again, I think that some of the people, as I document in my story, that some of the people are just finally, some of the people in the organization and the Shia community are just starting to realize this. One of the figures who's a Hezbollah commander in my story I asked, he said, are we fighting to defend uh, Sayyidah Zainab Shrine, which is a holy site, uh, Shia holy site in Damascus, or are we fighting to defend the palace of Esmael Assad, the, the wife of the uh, the wife of the Syrian president? And so this is becoming quite a quite a concern for them. So uh, obviously the Obama uh, strategy thus far has been to not have a strategy <laughs> at all. But let me no, ask no, you: No, no, there is there's, there's, there is a strategy. There's absolutely a strategy. The strategy is to stay out of Syria, and there are two reasons for that. The reason there are two reasons for staying out of Syria. First of all, because the president is the president who promised to extricate us from the Middle East, not get us further involved. That's one part of it. The other part is simply this. He doesn't want to annoy the Iranians. He doesn't want to get the Iranians upset by messing around in what this administration has already recognized as an Iranian sphere of influence. So anything to damage the Iranian position in, in Syria, in Lebanon or in Iraq, is something this administration wants to avoid at all costs. That's the reason... That it has no that it has no position. Very clear, very clear policy. Well, let me re rephrase that. Given that the policy is to avoid taking any action, I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. If you could get the West, America, whoever, to take some actions now, is there a way to pry the people who don't want to be part of the vassals to Iran, if you will, away from Iran, or is Iran's influence no, too have strong? To, no, they have to be, no, they they have to be killed. They have to be fought, defeated, and killed. And the policy, I mean, we've partnered with the Iranians. We've partnered with the Iranians in Iraq to tackle ISIS. Right? That, I mean, that's what we're doing. In Syria, we've looked the other way. Well, Bashar al-Assad, we promised to keep arming moderate rebels, but we've effectively partnered with the Iranians there, too. And in Lebanon, our intelligence community 
shares intelligence with, uh, with Hezbollah assets in the Lebanese armed forces. So we're not doing anything of the sort. We're not killing Iranian assets. We're not killing the people who are giving us the biggest hard time in the Middle East. We're partnering with them. <laughs> the administration is going in exactly the wrong direction. So uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't see it changing anytime soon. And on that hopeful note, Lee, <laughs> we'll, <Yeah>. we'll wrap <laughs> sorry things up. Sorry not to come back. I look, I think some of the news that come back, uh, come back from Lebanon is good news. Hezbollah is in trouble. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I think the, the Iranians are getting stretched further and further. I think this administration does not want to take advantage of that. Though. Uh, and that is the the question is with this stretch with this strain is there some you know approach some some group that we could support on the ground that has more say nationalistic Lebanese interests or nationalistic Syrian interests rather than just working for Iran would there be a way to reach out to them if we wanted to in other words could the West say to them you don't have to be part of the Iranian project you can be part of your own sovereign project or is there not that much fealty towards Lebanon and Syria as national entities. Well, I mean, we're approaching the tenth anniversary of the assassination of the former Prime Minister of Lebanon, Rafi Hariri. And while this administration, as the Bush administration before, has asked for uh, Middle Eastern moderates, Muslim moderates, to step to the fore and stand up and say good things and assert that they're allied with the West and they share the same values, Rafi Hariri did that ten years ago. He was bombed in the middle of a Beirut street along with 22 other people. And what has this administration done? There are uh, four or five suspects right now um, who are on trial in The Hague, Special Tribunal Tribunal for Lebanon. Of course, no one has put hands on them, so these four or five Hezbollah suspects are still at large. And what has this administration done to encourage more moderates, more Middle Eastern moderates to step to the fore? We've partnered with the murderers of Rafiq Hariri. That's what we've done. So are there people who are more interested in national sovereignty? Absolutely. What are we doing to encourage them? Nothing at all. We've partnered with their adversaries, with their murderers. That's what the White House has done. Lee Smith from the Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.